Just turn to your neighbor, tell that person, Happy New Year. If the person did not respond, probably the person is not happy. So ask that person, are you happy? If, happy, if you're happy and you know, you clap your hand. <laughs> we thank the Lord because 2019 is over. The Lord has been so faithful to our lives. Amen? Amen. Let's give the Lord a clap offering. And we know as we face 2020, the Lord will be faithful. Amen? I have, I have a question. Who among you have a clear vision? A defined objective or direction for 2020? Who among you knows and you have plans for this year? You have goals? Taskamai. Anyone? Some has, some meron. Most of us don't have. We have a we 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 have a blur image of the direction that we are going to go. We don't know. We don't you know. We're unclear. You know, as I'm talking about clear vision, I remember each time I go to the optician and check my eyesight, it will reveal. They will do some testing to reveal how clear is my vision is, how sharp it is. And they would try to do some testing. They would show me letters and, and even sometimes a tree to make sure that it's clear. And they will reveal how sharp my eye is. So what I will do today, I will do a test. I will see whether your eyesight is right. Okay? So I will present some letters and I want you to read. And if you are wearing a spectacles, take it off. Okay, let's do a test, all right? Okay, let's read this first line. Yan, go. Okay, it's clear. Next one. Okay, click. Okay, yeah. Sino hindi na nakita? Who can see it clearly na? Okay, cannot. Okay. Next one. <laughs> One sister said here, oh my. If you can't see it, you need to go to the optician and get a spectacles. You know, for our eyes, we seek to have clear vision so that we may see. So we might know where we're going. We will know what, what's, what's in front of it. But my question is this. I have a question. Do you have a clear vision for your spiritual life? You know, when you test eyes, and if perfect, they will give you 20-20 vision. My question is this, in your spiritual walk, do you have also a clear vision? Clarity for this year? Or you have, there's an unclear direction for you? You know, there's a text that Paul, in our text that we'll be reading today, Paul prayed. And his prayer was this. It's very simple. He said, having the eyes of your hearts enlightened. You know, the best thing that we can do for starting of this year, to have the same prayer. To have our eyes of our heart be enlightened so that we may see more of God. And I've entitled this sermon, 2020 Vision, Open the Eyes of my heart. 
And we were reading from Ephesians chapter 1, verse 15 to 19. And I invite all of us to stand as we give reverence to God's Word. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 15 to 19. Let's read together. For this reason, because I have heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love toward all the saints, I do not cease to give thanks for you, remembering you in my prayers, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you the spirit of wisdom and of revelation in the knowledge of Him. Having the eyes of your hearts enlightened, that you may know what is the hope to which He has called you, that are the riches of His glorious inheritance in the saints, and what is the immeasurable greatness of His power towards us who believe, according to the working of His great mind. Let us pray. Lord, we are gathered here today, the first Sunday of the brand new year. Our prayer is, Lord, that you would just give us clarity in the eyes of our heart so that we may know you, may go deeper in our walk with you. And we ask, Lord, for your Holy Spirit to speak to us today because it's only you, Lord, that can move our heart. So we surrender this time to you. May your word, Lord, so clearly, so easily understand today. So just have your way. Open our heart. May our ears be so attentive this day, Lord. We want to hear from you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. We learn in this text that Paul received a positive and uh, encouraging news about the spiritual condition of the churches in Ephesus. That's why we see in his writing that he said, For this reason, I have heard your faith in the Lord Jesus, and your love toward all the saints. So he heard the condition of the churches in Ephesus. Not a specific church. The, the letter of Ephesus, Ephesians, is not addressed to a specific church, but a church around that area. So he heard what's happening in them, and he is full of thanksgiving. And this gives us an idea, the audience that he was addressing is a group of believers who have progressed spiritually. There are a group of people who, have, who are spiritually matured because of the faith and love that is manifested in their life. You see, a genuine faith is one that will manifest love. Because as faith deepens, it will express itself in love towards others. It's Christ-likeness. The more you really grow deeper in your faith, the more you manifest love towards others. And it will be a natural, natural thing. It, is not, will be, it will not be forced. Because the more you grow closer to the Lord, the more His image, the more you become like Him from faith and you'll be seen in the way you deal with people. Therefore, Paul was giving thanks and giving glory to God for what he has heard. But take note of this and observe. Paul's thanksgiving turned into a prayer. When he said, I do not cease to give thanks for you, remembering you in my prayers, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give the spirit of wisdom and of revelation in the knowledge of him. 
Notice the change there. From thanksgiving to prayer. And Paul's prayer was simple. So that the people in Ephesus, the believers there, will go deeper in knowing of who God is. What we can learn from this is, is this. Even if we have reached certain spiritual maturity, there is still more to know about God. And if we desire to have a 2020 spiritual vision in our life, the first thing we need to realize is this. Desire to know God deeper. Paul expressed his prayer and his, his desire is that the Ephesian church will know God more and more. Because it's a progress. It's a never-ending pursuit. Even though you have reached certain spiritual maturity, there is more to know about God. No wonder in Paul's writing, you read, this, this Paul is a spiritual giant. You can read in his writing, he says in Philippians, Indeed, I count everything as loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord. That I may gain Christ, that I may know Him and the power of His resurrection. Paul is a spiritual giant. God used him in a many, many ways. God used him to preach. God used him in, in many opportunities. Yet deep in his heart, there's, there's a still a desire to know more and more of God. To know means a deeper knowledge of Him. Both the fact and experiential. The daily walk with Him. Closeness. A close communion. A deep deepening of relationship. This morning, Sister Salvi shared a very beautiful verse which many of us would know, Psalms 27. One thing I ask, one thing I seek. And he speaks of David's heart of knowing God. If we desire to have a clear vision, there must be an awareness that there's more to know about God. Doesn't mean you're a pastor or a leader. You already know God. You're the monopoly of, his, of Him. There is a more things to know about Him. Doesn't mean you have graduated IBI or SOL and so on or from Bible school is enough. There is more things to know about Him. You know, you're going to know a person. God is not a, just an information that you just put and read from a book, but it's an experience and thing because God is a person. I realize the more I, I get to know, I, I, the more I, I, I grow in, in years in marriage, I realize the more I don't know who Ewoks is. When early years of our, our relationship, cloud nine, we are sweet. Then as years passes by, when I get married, the more I realize, at lumalabas yung mga sungay. My sungay, not hers. The more I realize that I don't really know her as I... See, knowing a person... It's a process. It takes time. And the same thing, the way we desire, we should desire for the Lord. Know Him more. Know Him more. 
But why do many Christians have no desire to know more of God? Here I suggest some possible reason. One, because of our nature. Romans 3, 11 says, no one seeks for God. It is our, it's in nature and our, in, our, in our fallen nature that we don't really seek God. And there are times that we fall in that way that we don't really seek God. There's no desire in us to seek God. And another reason that why we don't really seek to know more of God is because this, our love has gone cold. In Matthew 24, verse 12, it re we read here, And because lawlessness will be increased, the love of many will grow cold. It's a reality that the love of many will grow cold. There's a person that Paul ministered with. His name was Demas. In 2 Timothy 4.10, he says, Paul wrote, For Demas, in love with his present world, has deserted me and gone to Thessalonica. Demas was with Paul in his journey in ministry. But soon, he began to love the world. We can fall into this trap. Even though you've been Christian for many years, he started to love the world more than God. Like some of us today, today you feel cold because of the aircon. And later part, once you start coming out and you're shaking hands, notice your hands is really cold. It's a gradual thing that suddenly you begin to love more of the world than God. And we need to check our heart if we are loving the world more than God. Third possible reason is this. Wrong spiritual directives. I put a picture there about a lady speaking to the ears. Because in 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 3 to 4, it says, For the time is coming when people will not endure sound teaching. But having itching ears, they will accumulate for themselves teachers to suit their own passion and will turn away from listening to the truth and wander off into myths. It says there that people would just listen to things that they want to hear so that their passion will be, uh, the, the, be satisfied with what the things that they will hear. They don't want to hear the truth because the truth at times will get hurt. Truth hurts at times. I, I was having a chat group with some of our brethren in church, and one of the brothers sent a video of a preacher who have a jet plane. And very interesting, the, the pastor was interviewed, and, and when he was interviewed, they asked him, why do you don't ride the commercial airplane? And the pastor said, because I, if I ride commercial airplane, I cannot concentrate because there's a lot of demon in there. And, and so on and so on. There's so many, many things. And then suddenly he, he was asked, should a pastor live lavishly with, with a lot of things? There's nothing wrong when the Lord blesses you. Huh? And he said, well, we Christian has to be rich. And he's quoting verses out of context. 
And if you are not careful, you can be easily enticed to that kind of teaching. Remember, if you read the scripture, it all boils down and going back to the Lord. If you hear a teaching, a sermon online or in Facebook that teaches you to love the world more than love God more, then better stay away. And I ask for the Lord, for the Spirit of God to reveal that to you. There are teachers that will rise up that will teach you that, oh, love this more rather than loving God. Read the scripture. It all points down because our greatest treasure is Jesus. Wrong spiritual directives. Lastly, I, I, I suggest why people don't seek God is because of this spiritual pride. I place a picture there. It is is taken when Jesus was walking and he noticed a tax collector and the Pharisee. The Pharisee was there standing and said, Lord, thank you because I'm not a sinner like that person there. And the tax collector were there not even lifting up his head. He said, Lord, forgive me. And Jesus saw that. And what did Jesus say? Who were forgiven? The tax collector. The Pharisee had that pride in himself, thinking that he's righteous. In himself, thinking that he is perfect, and that there's a danger that we can have that spiritual pride, not teachable, thinking that you are always correct. You know, I have someone that I would always talk to, and this person I would refer to her, uh, Lady Wisdom. And there's one time that I was sitting, I would do my sermon normally at Grace Loom because maraming Grace Jan. I would sit down there and this Lady Wisdom will come out from the office and walk. Kilala nyo na si Lady Wisdom. Si Tita Eva. And there's one time we were talking. We're talking about teachability and humility and pride. He told me this statement. He said, in Tagalog, kung palagi kang tama, may tama ka. <laughs> if I, in English, if you're always wrong, there's something wrong. If you're always right, then there's something wrong about you. Kung palagi kang tama, may? Kaya tingin mo katabi mo. There's only one perfect, Jesus. And if you think you're always right, no one is able to correct you. You always, mm, I'm, the, I'm the one who will say, what? No, one, no one can teach you. You don't have that humility. You have that pride in you, spiritual pride, and even quote verses from Genesis to Revelation and defend his fact and his truth. He said, this is what I said. Palaging tama, ayaw makinig. Alam mo, may problema yan. May? May tama. Something we learn. I was speaking to week to Ewoks this last two days ago, Friday. And I was after church, we went back home, we have dinner, and then said, I was talking to her, what will you be doing later? Sweet, sweet lang. And then she said, well, I'm preparing for the teaching for the children. Because she'll be teaching Saturday. Then I said, huh? You still have to prepare for children? And then she rebuked me. She rebuked me. He said, why? 
doesn't mean you preach in the sermon in the in the pulpit i shouldn't prepare for the children the children are the smartest one the children are the one who ask the right question not the adults <laughs> and i was rebuked because it's true some they, they are they are sincere they have the gentleness to ask sincere question why because sometimes adults ask because they have motive behind but children will ask and she has to prepare and i learned that that the childlike faith the humility to learn i give you an example one time i was speaking to a child and he said he asked me she, she said this if jesus is in my heart why is he in heaven Now, can you answer that? Ask the person beside you. If Jesus is in your heart, why is he in heaven? Then I said, because he's, oh, he's, he's ever present. Why? There's a gift. You see, the humility in a heart to be teachable, to learn, to be like childlike faith. And I pray that in our church, all of us, even the pastors, leaders, we will learn. Because remember this, kung palagi kang tama, may, kaya pagtingan mo sa care group ko, pag palaging tama yung isang sister doon, mayroon yan. If you look at these pictures, one way or another, we will fall to one category. We can easily, our love will grow cold. There are times, especially if you have a position or you have achieved certain certificate, you have spiritual pride. If you're a leader, at times you have spiritual pride. And this just revealed to us that our spiritual progress, man pursuit of God cannot be achieved or sustained by own strength. But it can only be done by God's intervention in our life. We always read, we always say this term, not by might, not by power, but by the Spirit of God. And normally we use it when we are going to do ministry. But that text, that statement, not by might, not by power, but, not, but by the Spirit of God, is also applied in our spiritual walk. Because our spiritual walk, we can never do it ourselves. To pursue spiritual excellence, it needs God's working in our heart, in our life. It is spirit that's working. Spiritual things can only be achieved in God's way, not in man's way. Therefore, the second point that if we desire for to have a 2020 spiritual vision, we need to yield to the work of the Holy Spirit. In Paul's prayer, we see God, he asked God for the quickening of the Holy Spirit upon the people. We read in verse 17 to 18. It says, And the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you the Spirit, capital S, of wisdom and of revelation in the knowledge of Him, having the eyes of your heart enlightened. Paul understood the true revelation of God is not merely, it can only happen when the Holy Spirit would work in our hearts, in our mind. When the Holy Spirit moves in our heart. It has never been in, our, in, in argument. 
is never in smooth eloquence or human persuasion. Paul knew about this. That's why in Corinthians, in 1 Corinthians, he said, when he was preaching before people, he said, I come to you with fear and trembling, not with persuasive words of intellect of men, but a demonstration of power in the Holy Spirit, so that the faith of men will not rest in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. He knows that Paul is just a man, he's just a vessel, but it's the Spirit of God that can move and change the heart. You see, the heart is the hardest thing to change. The heart is the center in the core of a person. That's why it's the man's most self. And we need to be vigilant in keeping it. That's why in Proverbs 4, it says, Keep your heart with all vigilance, for from it flow the springs of life. At the same time, the heart is like a fulcrum of faith and feeling which produces our words and action. In Matthew 12, 34, he says, from out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speak. See, the heart is like a fulcrum. What is a fulcrum? Look, a fulcrum is that one that will determine the swing. If you move that fulcrum, it will swing differently. At the same time, our heart will determine the way we live our life. If our heart is impure, the way we respond is different. If our heart is full of bitterness, the way we respond to people will be hate. But if our heart is full of love, the way we respond to people will be different. Jeremiah highlighted the condition of man's heart. He says in Jeremiah 17, The heart is deceitful above all things. And desperately sick. Who can understand it? The Lord search the heart and test the mind. So this is the condition of our heart. But if we desire to know God and to, to see God, this is the requirement. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Now, if you would connect the two, how can you have a pure heart? It, it can only be done by the help of God. can never be done by man's ability or work. It's only God. You know, if you are a heart surgeon, you can never have your own heart surgery. You need someone to surgery your heart. The same time our heart. No one knows our heart, only God. And it is only Him that can change that heart. And the beautiful thing, He sent the Spirit to work in our life. Because the Spirit will search our heart and show us what is needed to be changed. The Spirit will lead us and guide us. The Spirit will show us the truth and teach us all truth. I like what Brother Ray shared about the difference between facts and truth. That truth will just will go into our heart as the Spirit will speak to us. The Spirit will correct and convict us. The Spirit will change our way. You know, there are times that you will know when the Holy Spirit will speak to you. The Word of God will be so alive. You're gathered in a care group. And one sister starts to gossip. 
The sister started, alam mo, si sister, ganyan. Oh, nakita ko sa Facebook, may kasamang ibang lalaki. If you're sensitive with the work of the Spirit, you will know how to keep your shut your mouth. The Bible speaks of the work of the Spirit. And it desires for us to walk and live by the Spirit, to be filled by the Spirit of God. And as a church, let us pray, Lord, empower us, fill us with the Spirit, so that it is you that would work in us, not our own ability, but it's you working in our life. And when we walk and live in the Spirit, the Holy Spirit will open the eyes of our heart to see more of who God is. And it will resort into to the few things. It will resort to clarity of His calling, clarity of, in, of His inheritance and power. In verse 18 to 19, it says, Having the eyes of your heart enlightened, that you may know what is the hope to which He has called you, to what are the riches of His glorious inheritance, and what is the immeasurable greatness of His power towards us. When the Holy Spirit enlightened the eyes of our heart, it resulted to a deeper revelation who God is. And as we know more who God is, we will have a clear understanding of His ways, His purpose, and His will in our life. We will have clarity of His calling. We will have clarity of our true inheritance. We will have clarity of His power. Now, let's discuss clarity of our calling. It defines of our identity, our purpose, and to whom we belong. Once we were called from darkness, now we're in the, in the light. Once we were enemy, now we are friends. Once we were orphans, now we are His child. Once we were defeated, now we are victorious in Christ. Once we were old, and now we are new creation. Once we were slave, now we are free. Once we were dead, but now we are alive. Many times we forget our calling, who we really are to the Lord. And that's why the world defines who you are. If you don't know who you are, the world will define it for you. Kaya turn to your neighbor and ask that person who you are. Who you are. <laughs> who you Who you are. Who are. Who are you? If you know who you are in the Lord, you'll be able to walk according to a way, not influenced by the world. Second thing, it says here, Second Timothy, who saved us and called us to a holy calling. You will not live like the world, but you live in righteousness and holiness. Because you are called to be that. Secondly, clarity of inheritance. Clarity of inheritance is understanding of our true riches. Just turn to your neighbor and tell, ask that person, mayaman ka ba? Yung iba. So, tanong sa katbila, mayaman ka ba?
Ba't kayo nagtatawa? Some people say, uh, yeah, yabang, no? <laughs> if you have Christ, you have everything. I get myself again. If you have Christ, you have everything. And you should say, yes, I'm rich. Because I have Christ in my heart. The greatest inheritance that we have is that having Him in our heart and knowing that we will be with Him in heaven. Our riches is not defined with what we possess now here. Never be sucked into the definition of the world. Never suck in the, the definition of the world. Yes, God will bless you. But your definition of riches is Him. And when people said, are you rich? Yes, I am rich because I have Jesus in my heart. All the things here can be stolen, can rust can be taken away, but the thing that we have there can never be taken away. So when people ask you, are you rich? Yes. May I once again ask the person beside you, are you rich? Your answer is yes. Sometimes we are sucked into the world, they say that the definition of riches is what you have. What you have. What you possess. Yes, God will bless. There's nothing wrong with those things. But our true inheritance is with Him. Lastly, clarity of His power. Some Christians live a life of defeat because they don't see His great power. And Paul was telling them, I pray that you will see His power. He even later part in Ephesians chapter 3, pray the same thing. He said, and according to the riches of His glory, He may grant you to be strengthened with power to His Spirit in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith that you being rooted and grounded in love. If you, we are grounded in Him, the more we know Him, then, then we will experience and understand His power. I like what Pastor Ray said last, Pastor Ray. Brother Ray. <laughs> Maka video. <laughs> pag pray nyo. Pag, pag fasting nyo, pray yung fasting tayo sa amin sa prayer. <laughs> I like what he said. He's, he prophesied, kaya hindi siya pastor, prophet siya. Sinabi niya, prima prophesy ko. 2020, may magkakaproblema kayo. Nakabidyo yun. Binidyo ko. He said it. Yes, 2020, we will face trial and hardship, persecution at time, and uncertainty at time. But when you know the power of God in us, yes, we at time we'll be down, but you know the power of God will lift us up. The spirit that's working us. The Bible said, God did not give you a spirit of timidity with power, love, and sound mind. So when you face hardship and trials, remember the Spirit of God is in you. Remember. Clarity of His power. His power. Not our own power, but His power. Last night, I was reviewing this sermon. I was flipping to YouTube. And I saw this particular song. The title of the song, He Knows My Name. And there's one 
part, it says there, No fire can burn me. No battle can turn me. No mountain can stop me because you hold my hand. I am walking in your victory because your power is within me. No giant can defeat me because you hold my hand. Who holds your hand? The Lord. And when you remember the Lord hold your hand, that it is power that will go help us through this coming new year, this coming months, this coming weeks, because He's holding in our hand. Look at your hands. Count how many fingers? Six. <laughs> Six. <laughs> Count. Sampung mga. Remember what we were taught before? I can do all things through Christ who strengthened me. When we face trial, just look at your hands and remember who's holding you. But at the same time, remember the promise of God that I can do all things through Christ who strengthened me. Clarity of His power. Let's all desire to have a 2020 vision, spiritual vision. And for to do that, desire to know God deeper, yield to the work of the Spirit, live in clarity of His calling, inheritance, and His power. You know our team as I close and call upon the worship team. Our team for this year, you have seen it. Starting right and finishing well. And we read in Hebrews. It says there, Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every looking, lay aside every weight and sin which cling closely. Let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. Looking to Jesus, founder and our perfecter of our faith. Any runner who desires to finish the race must have a clear direction where he is going. And in this text, our direction and our focus is on Jesus. May we have a clear vision of Him. This brand new year. So that we will have clarity of, our, of His calling. Of our true inheritance. And His power. Let us pray. Lord we thank you. For your word today. Lord as we ran this brand new year. This brand new race Lord. I pray, Lord, that you grant us a clarity in our spiritual eyes. Forgive us, Lord, at times that our heart has gone cold, easily distracted, and even, Lord, have become so proud. But rather, Lord, I pray that, that our heart will be humble, surrender to you, in always having the childlike excitement 
to search you and to seek you. The childlike faith. So we thank you, Lord, for this brand new year. That we have this opportunity to know you deeper. Deeper and deeper still. Oh, we thank you, God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let's sing this song and let be our prayer and sing holy, holy. Holy, holy, holy. We forgot to tell you that uh, holy, the symbol is cracked, right? So we put the old holy, one on the... Uh, not the bigger one, not the bigger one. Yeah, on that side, we should have seen it to the left then. Kuyas one, Kuyas one. We also don't know why it cracked, we just noticed all of a sudden. Prayer, open the eyes of our hearts, Lord. Open the eyes of my heart, Lord. Oh God, yes, Lord. Open the eyes of my heart. I want to see you. Oh, we want to see you. I want to see you. Open the eyes. Of my heart, open the eyes of my heart, Lord. Yes, Lord. Holy Spirit, open the eyes the of hearts. my heart because we desire to see I you. want to see you. you. how we will end. We're going to pray for each other. We are the season praying. We're going to find a partner probably in twos. And we're going to pray for one another. Lord, may this 2020 open our hearts so that we will see you more. To experience you more in a mighty way. So right now, I invite you to find a prayer partner. And we're going to pray and ask the Lord, I pray for my brother, that you open his heart so to experience you. So let's just find somebody to pray with.
that we can hold on we thank you Lord for the clarity of the eyes of our heart for this brand new year 
Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let's just receive the benediction. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face towards you and give you peace. Lord, as we face this brand new week, this brand new month and this brand new year, open the eyes of our heart to see you more and more through your word and in our prayer time. May we experience your presence, Lord, in powerfully, in a powerful way each day. May our eyes be focused on you as we run this race. So we thank you, Lord, for this day. We thank you, Lord, and we give you glory and honor. We love you because you first love us. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody say, Amen, Amen. Let's give the Lord a clap offering. Just turn to somebody and tell that person, Happy New Year and focus to Jesus. God bless everyone. Join us in our prayer meeting. God bless everyone.